the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Morning Glory America, Dwayne Patterson in for Q Hewitt on a momentous day of news. Good to have you here. There is so much to talk about. Uh, he will be back tomorrow. Uh, but I am here with you to try to at least get you caught up to speed on all the events that are happening around the globe. And it's, it's just, just kind of a grisly and very serious day of news. The Israeli Defense Forces have launched a preliminary incursion overnight into uh, 250 Hamas targets in Gaza, including a launcher site that was hidden and housed in between a mosque and a kindergarten. That's just the way that Hamas rolls. But the IDF went in and did uh, a, a an overture, if you will, a coming attraction, a sneak preview of coming events. The ground incursion, the main uh, event is coming, and it's coming very soon. A lot of people have been speculating why it's taken Israel so long to get on with it. I know there's many people in Israel that are wondering why we haven't gotten on with it. Well, the Wall Street Journal has uh, done some reporting on that and have offered a reason why. And that is because the president of the United States, Joe Biden, has been trying to hold Israel back, not because he doesn't want them to go in, but because we're not ready for the repercussions afterwards, according to Wall Street Journal reporting. Apparently, the United States is not just worried about, but they are expecting that there will be Iranian counterattacks once Israel launches the the full-on ground incursion. And once those counterattacks happen, it's going to put a lot of our bases in Iraq and Syria and a lot of our installations and personnel around the Middle East and around the globe in harm's way. And we're not ready for that to happen yet. We we don't have defensive assets in place yet, according to the Wall Street Journal. We're close. We're trying to move the chess pieces around. It's not like we didn't have any notice this was happening over the last few weeks. But apparently we are now trying to stall Israel until we can get our act together in the United States to defend our own assets and resources around the world. Meanwhile, at the White House yesterday, Joe Biden held a press conference, a joint press conference with the Australian prime minister. And in that press conference, he indicated that he is now weighing striking Iranian proxies after the expected attacks on U.S. troops, of which, by the way, there's already been 30 uh, many attacks by Iranian agents and or proxies on U.S. personnel and bases around the Middle East. 
So we'll have more on that as time goes on. As the show unfolds, we will have the anti-Semitism update. And there is a boatload of that. Way too much for anyone's comfort level. It's disgusting. It's vile. But it's on the rise. And it's at Academia Coast to Coast. It is in city councils. It's, I will bring you the worst of the worst just to give you an idea of what's actually happening here. Uh, one quick instance at legendary Cooper Union School in New York, the site of the, one of the most famous speeches given of all time by Abraham Lincoln back in 1860 when he threw down the marker for what right and wrong really should be in the United States. And that was about the institution of slavery, the famous Cooper Union speech. The home of Cooper Union had a library that had some Jewish students in the library, and the hordes were literally banging on the door of the library, yelling at Jewish students and protesting and calling for jihad, calling for intifada, calling for the erasure of of Jews from the earth. The anti-Semitism was literally banging on the door as Jewish students were trapped in a library at the site of Abraham Lincoln's Cooper Union speech. It's, it's a remarkable day of news. And that's not all of it. The, the UAW and Ford apparently have reached a tentative deal to end the auto strike. The deal includes a 25% salary hike for many of the UAW employees. I'm sure that's not going to be reflected in the price of automobiles, and that's not going to have any impact at all in the inflation rate as the price of that gets built in over the next weeks, months, and years. But a 25% um, labor deal is what's on the table for uh, the settlement of that strike. In Lewiston, Maine, overnight, a deranged gunman who, according to some speculation and some news reports, recently had a mental health crisis, decided to go on a shooting spree at two different locations and up to, uh, what is it, 16 people are dead and they have, he's on the loose. They don't know where he is. They've put out an APB. On a car to look for, they have a person of interest, but there is a, a madman on the loose in Maine. And there is, of course, the obligatory seizing on the issue by Democratic voices to politicize the issue. Hurricane Otis went from a tropical storm to a Cat 5 in about 19 hours and struck Acapulco head-on over the last 24 hours. And from initial reports and initial video that you can probably see on the Salem News Channel, the devastation is wide, broad, and devastating in Acapulco. Obviously, one of the major tourist places in all of the world, one of the most beautiful places in all of the world, but still not quite the infrastructure you would expect in other parts of the world. A Cat 5 storm that they were not expecting that nobody had the wherewithal to prepare for, and it hit them dead on. So we it will take a long time to figure out just how bad the damage was, what the human toll is, how many people are missing. But uh, prayers for people in Acapulco, because 
That hit them awfully darn hard. We will have more news on that as we learn. In the House of Representatives, we the white puff of smoke came out of the Capitol. We do have a new speaker. His name is Mike Johnson. He is from the great state of Louisiana. Morgan Ortegas and her guests in the House uh, signaled that that was probably going to be the case. It was a unanimous vote. There was 220 Republicans present in the chamber. All 220 voted for Mike Johnson. The 221st, who is Derek Van Orden of Wisconsin, a retired Navy SEAL, was on a phone call with the conference and said, if I were there, I'd vote for him too, but I'm a little busy right now. He's in Israel trying to rescue stranded Americans uh, caught up in trouble because of the war. So he's doing kind of what he's doing too. But if he were there, it would have been a unanimous vote. So we have a new speaker, and nobody out there really knows much about him and who he is. He gave an 18-minute address to the House of Representatives upon getting the necessary votes, and we're going to play you that address in hour two so you can get a sense for yourself what you think of Mike Johnson, not what media is going to tell you what they're worried about with Mike Johnson. So that's out there. Donald Trump was in a courtroom yesterday morning and was told he has to pay a $10,000 fine for breaking the gag order. Uh, There has been a misdemeanor charge of triggering a fire alarm pressed by the District of Columbia Attorney General against Jamal Bowman for his stunt a couple of weeks ago trying to delay a vote. And oh, by the way, There's a debate coming up in a couple of weeks. The third GOP debate is going to be taking place in Miami, as has been reported. The debate will be co-hosted by NBC News, by Salem Radio Network. That would be us, the company that we work for that produces this program. And it will also be co-moderated by and and co-hosted by the Republican Jewish Coalition, our friend Norm Coleman, former mayor of St. Paul, Minnesota, and senator of Minnesota. He will be part of the proceedings as well. But the three moderators have been announced, and it will be Lester Holt, the anchor of NBC Nightly News. It will be Kristen Welker, the host of Meet the Press. And our very own Hugh Hewitt will be the third co-moderator of the debate. Yes, Hugh is going to be on the stage asking the questions. Uh, He's been trying to make this happen for a very long time. He's been asking all the questions of all the candidates, trying to set the example for how you should run a debate. And he's going to at least have a part of the next debate. We'll talk about all of that and unfold and unpack Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. A very, very busy news day. Stick around with me, Dwayne Patterson, in for Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I'm not there, but I pre-taped this with my friend Andrew Del Rey and my friend Todd Avakian. Not because they sponsor the show, though they are sponsors of the show. If you visit andrewandtodd.com, you'll see everything about them, or you can call 888 But because I want the very young home buyer and the very old homeowner to hear about how the economy is not left my radar, even as we cover the war in the Middle East and Israel's self-defense, I am worried about very young buyers. We did that on Tuesday and very old home owners who are stressed to the max about uh, inflation. So, Andrew, I've I've often said on the show uh, that reverse mortgages are difficult to understand. But if you want to understand them, call you and Todd at triple eight, triple eight, eleven seventy two. Would you walk it through for very old people or older, older homeowners who are stressed by the economy but have a lot of equity? Why do they want to do a reverse mortgage? Well, the ones that, that have done the reverse mortgage are ones that either have had portfolios that didn't perform like they had hoped they would perform, or they simply did not put enough money away. So they're cash poor, but they're house equity rich. And I tell all of my clients, I'm not there to sell them on a reverse mortgage. I'm there to provide information because the first thing I say to them is a reverse mortgage isn't for everybody. However, the ones that they fit It is not an exaggeration to say that it's truly a life changer. They're able to tap into the equity of their home, pull cash out, mind you, um, uh, tax-free. Why? Why is it tax-free? Because it's not income. It's a loan. It's a loan that they pay back when they cease to live in the property and for which there are no monthly mortgage payments. The only thing you have to do is make sure that you pay your taxes and make sure that you keep the property up. Other than that, you receive that cash tax-free, and there is no monthly mortgage payment. Todd Avakian, I believe it's only available if it's your primary residence. Am I correct about that? Correct, correct, correct. The, the main requirement is that it's a primary home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you have a primary home and you are a senior affected by the inflation and by the looming recession, how long does it take to call you up, Todd? And walk through this because it's complicated. I don't want people going to fly by nighters because a lot of people pop up every week in the mortgage business and say, here, come get your reverse mortgage from me. And they don't know what they're doing. How long should they expect to take Todd Avakian to get it done? I would say the initial phone call set aside 10, 15 minutes really to get through the bullet points. And the first question we ask is, what, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? It's different for everybody. My wife's grandmother was able to stay in her home and get home care with the reverse mortgage rather than kind of getting getting sent off somewhere. So it really is uh, different for everybody, but the entire process could get done in 30 days, Hugh. So it, it could go as quickly as they're able to uh, move move forward with us in, in documentation and yeah, strategizing. And I want to stay very general here because this is not a promise. It's not a, a guarantee. But if you've got a half million dollars equity in your home and it's paid off, what can you expect to get out, Todd, in a reverse mortgage? What do you? What kind of expectations should people bring to the table if they own a half million dollar home and it's paid off, but they're just stressed by mortgage payment, by by yeah. cost of living, not by mortgage? Yeah, it really is dependent on their age, where, what their age is today, but it could be anywhere between 
you know, 200,000, 250,000 in that range. So really, really is dependent on the three factors that we talk about, the age, the value of the house, and then what lien they have on the home, what the payoff is. And it's a, it's a, it's a regulated calculation. So it's pretty simple to go through that in a few minutes with somebody on the phone. And Andrew, I want to anticipate the one worry I've heard the most. I don't want to lose my children's inheritance. And you guys advise them on financial advisors, right? If they take it out, you're not telling them to spend it. You're telling them to bank it and use the interest rate on it. And you will give them a financial advisor. It's up to them, of course. But am I correct about that? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing that they need to understand is there's really no difference. They still own their home and they still own the rights they're in. So once they cease to live in the property, whether they pass away or whether they downsize or they move in uh, to get uh, long-term care, whatever the case may be, that's when the loan is due. They get plenty of time to either have their, their heirs refinance out of the refresh mortgage and keep the asset or sell the property, pay off the loan, and the rest of the equity goes to their heirs. All right. So if you're an older American and you're living in your home and you're stressed, that's my second group. My third group, people who have to move. Uh, earlier, I talked about young people who, who are putting off buying. Now we just talked about seniors who are stressed. Todd Avakian, if you get the notice that you have to move and you own your home and you got a 3% mortgage on it, should you just rent it out and go rent wherever you're going or should you buy a home or how do you investigate that? I, I think it goes back to understanding what the goals are and what the purpose of them potentially moving. You know, those are the conversations that Andrew and I and our team want to have with people. So really, at the, at the end of the day, we want to flush to the surface what 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 they're um, trying to accomplish, trying to accomplish. And, Hugh, it's not a, it's not um, um, out of the ordinary for us to talk with the family, you know, especially on a reverse mortgage. So there are many opportunities and um, it's a benefit to have children on the phone with us so we can talk with them and their parents, too. So we welcome that. That's very smart. Andrew, have you done many I have to move, what am I going to do calls? Because I th- I, that goes on. I talk to people all the time who get transfer notices, especially oh, yeah. in some of the industries. What do they do? They do what's called a reverse purchase. So you might have a, let, let's say you've got a, 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 a homeowner and they own a house that's a million dollars in California. They're going to move to Texas to be closer to their kids. They find a house for 500000 so already they have 500000 that they just put into their bank account. Now they buy a $500,000 home with a reverse purchase by only putting 250 down, and they keep another 250 in their pockets, for which they do not have a monthly mortgage payment. It does, do they get the tax advantage when you do that of having deductible interest under the SALT limit? So you, you still get the the. Uh, uh, interest tax deduction, but only when it's realized because you're accruing the interest, right? You haven't really realized the interest. That doesn't happen until you do something with that asset. Either it's refinanced and back to the heirs or you sell it and you realize the uh, tax implication then. So whether you're young and you're buying your first house, you're a senior, you want to stay put in your house, but you need liquidity or you've got to move. I want you to wrap this and land, uh, land the plane uh, taught a in. Is there any downside to asking, what should I do? Because some people are afraid of hurting their credit, right? If they make an inquiry about a mortgage or buying a mortgage, what happens when they call triple eight, triple eight, 1172? Is there any downside to getting information? 
what we want to do is list what their goals are. And then we want to ask them probably three or four real simple questions. And from that, we can start helping them put a path. I think what separates the people that are on the sidelines from those that are actually doing something is just not having a plan. And I equate this to, you know, running a race. If you're going to run a half marathon or marathon, you need to understand what you need to do in order to get there. And I think what we're here to do is help people put that plan together. Last question, Andrew. I think interest rates are going to keep going up. I do. I think they're going to keep going up for six months at least and then start to come down. What does the Sierra Pacific advisory staff suggest is going to happen in the next six months to a year? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the last part? What is the interest rate environment that Sierra Pacific's advisors think they're looking at? I think it's going to be six months of hikes. I think the six. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And it's not just our advisors. It's all the economists that we're following. And they're basically saying the same thing. Rates are going to come down. We just don't know when. What, and they say, well, you know, what's the best guess? Yeah, we think probably another six months before they start coming down. And so, again, uh, the, the public at large, they kind of accept where rates are today because it's no secret that they're high. So they're sitting there faced with what are they going to do with the money they have and, and the need that they need they have for housing. And typically the answer is, look, we give them peace of mind by saying, get in now and we will refinance you when rates come down. We'll get you into a lower rate. We'll get you into a lower payment. Thank you both. I want to thank Andrew Del Rey, Todd Avakian, and Andrew and Todd.com, triple eight, triple eight, eleven seventy two. I can always guess at these answers and read Wall Street Journal stories, but these guys live with it every single day. Thank you, Andrew and Todd. Back to you, Dwayne. Welcome back, America. Dwayne Patterson in for Hugh today. Hugh will be back tomorrow. Joined from Israel by my good friend, our good friend, Dr. Michael Oren, former Israeli Deputy Prime Minister for Diplomacy in a previous government, former Israeli Ambassador to the United States. And Michael, good morning. Hope you're doing well. Uh, there is lots I want to talk to you about. Um, the kind of the most explosive story that's been reported here in the last 24 hours is that an explanation for why the delay in the ground incursion of which apparently there was an overture overnight. There was at least kind of a, a mini, uh, preview of things to come. Apparently I'll get you to talk about that in a second. But the reason that the main incursion has not taken place isn't because we're not wanting Israel to do it. It's because we, the United States, aren't ready for it. We're not ready for the counterattacks by Iran, which we expect to happen on our people and personnel around the Middle East. And so we were trying to stall and buy time so that we could defend ourselves. Michael, I apologize on behalf of the United States government. This is ridiculous. Hi, Dwayne. Hi. It's uh, afternoon here. It's uh, not morning your time. Uh, first of all, let me just tell you where I am. I'm in a, a building in downtown Tel Aviv. Okay. I just had a major barrage about four minutes ago. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and um, we all ducked into a bomb shelter here. Shook the building, the blow, the explosives, and in this building, three board, three floors above me here is the central headquarters for all the hostage families. And uh, I wish you could see it. It's just an extraordinary operation. All these families are upstairs. They're they have psychologists. They have food. They have, they have representatives of the military de- dealing with them. It's it's uh, 
it, it's quite a sight to see. I mean, sometimes you just you can't believe this is actually happening. I'm sitting in this building, it's under fire, there are rockets coming down. Um, uh, my partner, Tam, just told me the rocket fell right off the coast there. They could see it actually fall, fall into the sea. All this is real, and it's hard to actually imagine sometimes. Um, the horror, the horror, the horror of it. It's amazing. And yes, the reports about the delayed um, incursion into Gaza, there are apparently many reasons, not just the fact the United States wants to prepare for possible um, conflict with Iran. By the way, I see that also as sort of a glass half empty. At least people in Washington are saying, are acknowledging publicly that our enemy is Iran. And, um, and understanding that the the, the, the policy of pivoting to Iran, which began during my period in Washington, where people in, in government were saying, well, you know, we backed those Israelis all the years, we backed all those Sunni Arabs all the years. That was a big mistake. We should be backing this strong Iranian government, government people, the people who are basically pro-American. Yeah, you got this little bunch of ayatollahs there and this nuclear problem. And if we could just kick that can down the road, everything would be okay. Well, guess what? It's a disaster. It's a disaster policy. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, at least people are hopefully acknowledging it now. And hopefully now that America has to be ready militarily to take on the Iranian forces. And it's very important that your listeners to know this, this notion that America's going to get in a war with Iran. America's not going to get in a war with Iran. Iran doesn't have an air force. Iran doesn't have tank battalions. Right? It doesn't have that. Kind of, it's got terror. That's what it's got. You've got to prepare yourself to deal with terrorist attacks, with rockets and drones. You do. And those are serious threats. We see what we can do you know, to Israel with drones and rockets. But... Europe, America has advanced two of the largest naval forces in history uh, into our region. The USS uh, Ford and the USS Eisenhower strike forces. Yep. Uh, huge. That. Um, it's the Iranians who are shaking in their boots. Not anybody else. Iranians are shaking. Prime Minister. There are other reasons for this delay. Um, they have to do with the fact that our Air Force, our naval guns, and our artillery are preparing the field, they're softening the position. They're going to be moving into into Gaza City. It's heavily built up. You want to flatten that as much as you can so our tanks can advance, so our soldiers can advance and not have to go down, you know, city streets in that way. Let, let that be Hamas's point. We have to make sure that the Palestinian civilization population as much as possible is out of that area because Hamas wants to use them as a human shield. We don't want to fire into that shield, so we got to get them out of there. Um, there were some delays caused by... Uh, uh, some equipment issues um, among the Israeli reserves, 360,000 reserves called out. It's a lot of reserves. Dwayne. That's like more, that's more reserves than the entire United States Army had. Yes. So everyone's got to have guns. We've got to have gun belts, helmets, ceramic vests. Vests, right. And then the issue All of intelligence of is gathering as much, the more intelligence we can gather uh, about the enemy position and about the whereabouts of the hostages, that will serve us better. So there are reasons for the delay. I think the Israeli public is very... How should I say? Nervous and impatient about it. Um, I, I know you don't know this. You're not part of the active government. What is the what is the feeling in Israel right now? When when do they think the incursion is is going to happen? Is it in you know? Are we talking hours? Are we talking days? Are we talking a week still? What 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 are people thinking is going to happen soon? I think at most days, not weeks. I, for, the, for a number of reasons, we're up against several clocks, Dwayne. Uh, one of the clock is how long can you keep 360,000 soldiers mobilized? Exactly. Um, it's this go is time. Like one, of every 10 Israeli, one of every 10 Israelis is in uniform. Uh, I feel remiss that I'm no longer in uniform. And um, 
that these are, these are the backbone of our economy. These are young people, women and men, and they're 20 or 30. This is our high-tech group. Um, and this is, this is the most dynamic part of our economy. You can't keep them all up. God over their families, their kids. Um, we will keep yeah, you in our yeah. prayers. We will keep supporting Israel the best we can. Dr. Michael Lauren, we're out of time. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Tell everybody we're with you, and we will keep talking to you as much as we can. Dwayne Patterson in for you. Back with Hour 2 right after the break. When the government used emergency edicts during COVID to restrict the gathering and worship of churches, Three pastors facing the risk of imprisonment, unlimited fines, and their own churches being ripped apart took a courageous stand and reopened their doors in the face of a world that chose to comply. The Essential Church is a feature-length documentary that explores the struggle between the church and government throughout history. This fascinating story uncovers those who've sacrificed their lives throughout history for what they truly believe in. Rediscover why the church is essential and how we prove that this stand remains true from a scientific, legal, and most importantly, biblical perspective. This is not your typical movie. It'll change your life. You need to see this movie with your friends and family. The Essential Church is streaming today exclusively at SalemNow.com. That's Essential Church, streaming at SalemNow.com. Final segment of the Hugh Hewitt Show today, Dwayne Patterson in for Hugh. I am very happy to be joined by one of my favorite humans on planet Earth. That would be Mary Catherine Ham, mom extraordinaire, getting hammered podcaster. And uh, on Twitter X, one of the go-to places of late, she, along with Bethany Mandel, along with uh, Libs of TikTok or Chai Raichik, Guy Benson, there's a handful of people that are shining a mirror on the rising anti-Semitism in media, on college campuses across the country, and 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 shining a, a, a bright spotlight on all this stuff that's going on, and it's very necessary and very much appreciated. Welcome, Mary Catherine Ham. Thanks for being on with me. Of course, glad to be here. It's been a an interesting two plus weeks of news. It really has. Just in the last uh, couple of days, uh, the two most egregious examples I want you to kind of weigh in on is at Cooper Union of all places. I mean, the site of one of the most uh, moral speeches ever given by a future president. Abraham Lincoln back in 1860 at Cooper Union, a group of Jewish students were literally trapped in a library by a horde of anti-Semites literally banging on the door and and basically trying to scare them to death. It was it was remarkably anti-Semitic and frightening that this is happening on a on a school campus in in um 20 in 2023 and in addition at the University of Washington Seattle and I think you put this up uh, as well it's been circulating around the Twitter X's for a, a last 18 20 hours or so this is what a demonstrator actually said the quiet part out loud cut 24 sometimes there are Zionist pro-Israel counter protests at these actions and if you see them, you don't have to engage with them. We're doing our best to de-escalate them, to move them away. We don't want Israel to exist. We don't want these Zionist counter-protesters to exist. We can't control that. What we can control is ourselves. 
we can uh, choose to focus on our demands today. We want UW to cut ties with weapons companies, UW to condemn the attacks against Palestinian students, UW to cut ties with Israel, and to end the siege on Gaza now. We don't want Israel to exist, Mary Catherine Ham. We don't want counter-protesters here to exist. What in the world are we going to do about this? I mean, it's, it's outrageous. These institutions are failing their students in such dramatic ways. Not, not just the, the part where they don't learn things, uh, but now these, these paragons of safe spaces um, refuse to create safety for a very small uh, and historically marginalized community, the Jews, right? And it is, it is shocking to watch what those kids at Cooper Union went through, uh, because that's more than speech, what they were going through. I, I respect the fact that we stick up for free speech, even the, spe- the speech that we hate, right? But bobbing people at a library, uh, barricading where they have to barricade behind doors, uh, that is the opposite of the safe spaces we've been told are that must exist on campus from any ideological sort of uh, heter- heterodoxy. I mean, it is appalling. I, I, I seem to remember not too long ago, hate has no home here. Hate has no place here. Unless, of course, it's Jews that you're hating, right? Well, and that's, that's the thing, is that once you have defined your ideology in the way that these young people have, as the oppressed is is justified in doing whatever one needs to do to the oppressor, it's real convenient, right? Like, you don't have to have a moral right and wrong. You don't have to have any thoughts about just war theory. You don't have to think any further than, I have identified this person as the oppressor, which is patently ridiculous when you're talking about the Jewish community, which is both a minority and historically persecuted, and created Israel so that it would be less persecuted. Um and be strong and be able to defend itself, that's what offends them. As, as she stated in that speech, what offends them is that the Jews do defend themselves. They don't want them to exist, and it's annoying uh, when they do. Do you, you're, you're a mom of smalls. At some point, those kids are going to be old enough to think about going off to college. Has this episode caused you to rethink the prestige of colleges and what you, and, and how you're going to look at the college choosing experience? I think parents all over this country need to have a rethink about what they think about colleges and universities and just say no to a lot of them. Yeah, I, I think there's already a bit of a shift underway, actually. This is anecdotally, I'd be interested in data, but a lot of D.C. area sort of very driven, you know, overscheduled uh, uh, affluent high school kids here, I keep hearing are applying to SEC schools. And that was driven in, look, this, this lunacy on campus has been happening for a while, and it, it has changed my mind about college in some ways. But the COVID stuff was even worse. They wouldn't let yep. them have a real experience. And now this is the icing on the cake. I think people are going to make some decisions about where they get their status in the future because it ain't these places. I hope so. And it has to happen. That's that's the only way we're going to have a cultural change here. We have to basically turn off of, of, of supporting this kind of garbage on campuses. Keep up the great work. MK Hammer on Twitter X or the Getting Hammered podcast. Thank you, Mary Catherine Ham. Thank you, Harley. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Hugh. Dwayne Patterson for Hugh. Hugh's back tomorrow. Have a great day. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.